I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Two things about this Tampa Bay Lightning team, and maybe going back even a year or so ago. They have trouble, at least this team does, closing out games when they have leads. And then secondly, they're no good in overtime. <laughs> Um, they lose again, and now they're down in this series three games to one, going back to Toronto. As John Cooper would say, the big picture here is that we're still coming to the rink. The season's not done yet. Yeah, that's just math. Um, Steve, I watched this team have a four to one lead in the third period and wind up losing in overtime five to four. I would have never thought that was possible in the last three years. It's entirely possible now. And we have talked about this uh, during the season, and now it has shown up in this series. Their defense is not what it was and not what it should be. It isn't. It hasn't been all year. I mean, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. This isn't a new Mm -hmm. problem that's popped up in the playoffs. Sure. Um, When you have had a flat salary cap for the last several years, which – then since last year, you've lost Ryan McDonough. You've lost Jan Ruda. Uh, you replaced with guys like Ian Cole, who's done pretty good. He's not Ryan McDonough. Uh, you've replaced him with guys like Nick Perbix and Darren Radish, who are mm-hmm. two rookies that are doing really well. But they're not Ryan McDonough or Jan Ruda. I think... Zach Bogosian doesn't look like the same Zach Bogosian we remember from years past. Uh, Hayden Flurry has looked lost on the ice. And without Eric Chernak, I mean, really, from last year's team, McDonough, Ruta, Chernak are not playing in this series, essentially. Chernak played game one but got knocked out. And we can talk about, you know, the MVP of this series right now. Mm-hmm. It's Michael Bunting. <laughs> Because if Eric Chernak was in that lineup tonight, I don't think they blow the three-goal lead. They might. I mean, you don't know. You can't. But but if you had Ian Cole and Eric Chernak as a shutdown pair, which has been on penalty kills all year and this, like it just settles everything down on the defensive end. Yeah. And you know, right now, without Eric Chernak in that lineup, you have to question whether they have enough horses on the back end to win a series. You know, as John Cooper said, you know, they gave up five goals tonight. You know, they scored four. Right. That should win a game. Scoring four should win. Oh, no question. No question. You know, now they gave up a couple power play goals. Yes. You know, the one in overtime was a power play. Mm-hmm. Bad penalty taken by Zach Bogosian in the third period. To get for Matthews to get the his second goal of the night, but the the third goal of the game for them that was a that was a bad penalty. You can't yeah. take that penalty there. And that's the one thing you know. Uh, Toronto had got it to four two, mm-hmm. 
with what about 10 minutes to go yeah they get it to 4-2 and you know you need to stop them from scoring two don't take a penalty right i mean you could feel that game mm-hmm. you know starting to to slide the wrong way mm-hmm. and sure and, and toronto has been exceptional all year not just this series but particularly the series but if you give them a man advantage you're you're playing with dynamite i mean you just are and and again they did that listen i mean they've got some terrific players i mean mitch marner and and, and austin matthews i mean those guys are elite right in terms of scoring mm-hmm. and taking advantage I just wouldn't believe that at home in a game that meant what this one did, and they all mean a lot in the series, that that there would be a scenario where four to one couldn't hold up, you know, with the greatest goaltender in the world. But but this is not a series problem. This has been an issue on defense pretty much all year, and I think mm-hmm. it has to do with the salary cap. I think it has to do with, you know, trying to keep, keep a team together and constantly being – influx and losing players because of the salary cap and all of that it's just that this series could literally be 3-1 the other way if the lightning could have closed out games Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's it they just haven't been able to close out these games and credit toronto who is has its own miserable playoff history they're trying to you know eradicate and exercise those demons and they are resilient they remind me of the Lightning in that they find ways to win, even though it seems like it's completely stacked against them. And I just don't think you're going to win three games in a row, including two in Toronto. There were a lot of Toronto fans at Emily, by the way. Mm-hmm. That place was loud when the when the Leafs scored. So we've talked about it. I mean, we've talked about this incredible run and why – Teams in the salary cap era don't go to three straight, straight Stanley Cup finals and win two of them. It's too hard to do. You you just have no continuity, and you're constantly replacing guys. Um, and the injuries. You're right. With not having not having uh, Chernak is is devastating to them right now. It just is. And even with the greatest goaltender in the world, he can't stop everything. Well, I mean, and, how many tip shots were there tonight? Oh well, well I mean, he's got no shot thing. at those. None. And why can't you move some of those guys out of the crease once in a while? I mean, they're standing in there for God knows how long and and, and have the ability to tip shots all over the place. Mm-hmm. They're just not playing well together and, and on the defensive end. And even having said that, I, it's interesting to me how even this series can be, and yet one team had a 3-1 lead, right? Either way, you could make a case that the Lightning would be up 3-1, Mm-hmm. Toronto would well, be up three one. Two overtime games. All it takes is one goal. I mean, two overtimes. And let's talk about overtime. This is the ninth time in the last ten overtime playoff games that the Lightning have lost. That's we, an incredibly bad record. Well, it's incredible because if you remember back to the bubble in 2020, how good they were in overtime. Yeah, right. And including playing a five overtime game, and on even on their Stanley Cup rings, it had the amount of overtime time they played in those playoffs which was mm-hmm. incredible, and they had a mm-hmm. tremendous record. That's right. They did. And now it's they've lost nine of the last ten overtime. The only the only win in there was Braden Point's overtime win in game six at home against Toronto last year in the first round. To get them to game seven, and mm-hmm. they won that, and then it went on all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 
Yeah, their their overtime record of late has been troubling, particularly and, and look on game four. Toronto had the run of play, and it was only four minutes of overtime, and including they 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 won it on a power play, a penalty Sergachev kind of had to take. You know, it was a tripping call, but you're you're trying to make a play to stop a wide open shot. You know that, that you don't you don't like taking a penalty in overtime, but sometimes there are times to take it. Mm-hmm. In Toronto carried play, but but in Game Three, the Lightning carried play in overtime, just couldn't right. couldn't score. But you know, and and the Lightning will say all this, and, and it's true. You know, if we keep playing the way we've played the last most of the last two games, we can't lose again. <laughs> well, isn't that, well, they won't say can't, but I know. Could they, I mean, is this team capable of winning three in a row? Yes. The way mm. they played the last two games, could they? Yes. But you got to figure out how to shut it down at the end. And and, yeah. and and look, Toronto's gotten to three wins in series a lot in the last twenty years, and well, not been able now, to get that fourth win. And and this is this is where the I mean, I listen. I think Toronto has so much momentum and. To think you can mm-hmm. win three games, including two there, seems it seems to me impossible, even for a team like the Lightning. Mm-hmm. But the Champagne's on ice, man. Like they have never been able to get over this hump in such a long time. People in Toronto can't remember it, and so the fourth win is the hardest one for them, and always has been. Um. So yes, they, will they will they face their own demons? And if the Lightning come out and play the way they have the last two games no question they would have a chance. I mean, the sad thing is they had it. You know, the way this thing went, they got a four-on-three power play to start third period, right? Mm-hmm. Got a high stick on on Jake McCabe. And you don't do anything with that. And then I I guess their fourth line was on the ice. The Leafs kept Matthews and them in there. He gets behind Corey Perry. And it was that rush that makes it four to two and that seemed to put them on their heels a little bit like it it was little things but they they led to like we were sitting watching this i was with a bunch of guys in the neighborhood watching this together and it just when they scored that second goal kind of looked at each other and went oh no Mm -hmm. they're not you know like here you know you could feel it like it was too easy and you know four one you felt like okay now they're three goal lead again. They should be safe with this in the third period, and then the wheels just come off. And as soon as they took defense. the penalty, as soon as they took, it was about a minute and a half after they made right. it four two. When Bogosian right. took that penalty, the hooking penalty, that's when yeah. I started to go, uh oh. Yes, like yes. I mean, you felt so, a little bit of four two. You're like, okay, but there's still seven thirty one in the game, and that's too much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you when know? they took the penalty, what there was eight forty four. Four, I think. Okay. Remaining when the penalty was taken, the goal was scored at seven. You know, the Nylander scored. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But once Bogosian took that penalty, you were on the on the penalty kill, knowing Toronto's power play. And they just got a goal, and now they're looking to make it four three. That's when you started to go, uh oh. You know, because mm-hmm. you, you get to a one goal game with the amount of firepower they have. You know, it just takes one tip, one. One wacky shot, one you know, even with Vasilevsky back there, and you know, like right. you said, how many tips did they have tonight? That went in, and beautiful tips. 
Achari's tip was fantastic and Matthew's tip. And I mean, you know, they had some world-class shots and tips tonight. That's what highly skilled teams do. I mean, they, they make, they make plays, they make high skill plays and do it consistently. And Toronto does that. And, you know, you got, you know, John Cooper even said good on them for doing that. Mm -hmm. So now we'll see, we'll see what this lightning team is made of and how they come out in game five. You know, right. has their, I don't want to say their will been snapped because that's not, that won't be a fair assessment, but how bad do they want it? How bad do they want to win three games in a row against well, a really you good can't team? Win, you can't win all three, and that's that's going to be the part where I think maybe some of their playoff experience might help them in that, you know, you can't go up there thinking, well, mm-hmm. you know, we've got to win all three tonight. I mean, they, they've got to win a game in Toronto. Um, and they're capable of doing it because I think they've outplayed Toronto the last two games and didn't get the result, you know, because in the big moments, whether it's face-offs, you know, uh, you know, closing out games, I mean, closing out games. I mean, that you know, they, they allow a goal with one minute left in regulation. They allow uh, two nights, a few nights ago, they allow a goal with under a minute left in overtime, you know. Um, though that's <laughs> You're right there. Like mm-hmm. you've outplayed them, you're right there. You you just didn't get paid. You can get rewarded, and so if they continue to play that way, um, the way they played, and, and put themselves in position again, it's just a matter of finishing the deal. I mean, that's really what it's come down to. You know, Toronto has not; they have not been in the game um, until the third period for the last you know couple of games that they played, and if they do that in Toronto. Those fans are going to get nervous. You're going to feel the tension in the building. And the Lightning just have to find a way to finish the deal, but they're not doing it. And they got to really dig deep now and try to see, you know, how do we make the right plays and and, and just lock it down. And it's, you know, don't go – certainly don't go to overtime because you've been no good there. And even in overtime, I think, you know, mm-hmm. the the game before this one, they out they outplayed Toronto – Look, give their goaltender credit. He's made some big saves. He did it again the other night. I mean, they've done Toronto's done what you need to do to win. And they they're resilient and they've they've gotten them to a three one lead. Um, but it takes four to win a series. Uh, I don't because there's still a champion's heart in there, I wouldn't say that this series is completely over, but it's gonna take one of those what Toronto fan would say, huge collapse for the Lightning to come back and win it now, you know. And, again, this is probably why you don't see teams going to the Stanley Cup championship or finals three years in a row because there's so much attrition and salary cap and, you know, they have lost too much on defense and maybe they won't make it back this time. But um, as far as the way they played, you know, it's great right up until. Um, well, you you brought up face-offs. And, and- yes. Game three, the overtime. Do you realize the Toronto? You know the the faceoffs ended up fifty four to forty six percent in favor of Toronto. But they lost on a faceoff. Toronto, Toronto won the last five faceoffs in overtime, mm. which is how they mm, helped nice. turn the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. In game four, yeah. there were six faceoffs in the overtime. They won five of the six. I mean, that's so huge. I mean, that's the yeah. game. And, and the game Possession. ended up, I think, one one face-off. One, I'd have to go back and look. But I think the Lightning may have actually had the face-off advantage by one. So but, maybe if you but, change one thing, right, but, just, just winning the face-offs. But it's the late face-offs. It's the timing of those face-offs 
Correct. Know, the Lightning in Game Three, the Lightning had dominated the play, mm-hmm. but by the end of the overtime, as it was, and they scored in the final minute, forty-five seconds under to go. a minute. Yeah, but mm-hmm. those last five faceoffs, Toronto won all of them. Yeah, and they started taking yeah. momentum back during the overtime on Game Four. They won five of the six faceoffs. So the Lightning did win the last one in the power play, mm-hmm. but but you know it's the it it's one thing to win the faceoff battle and that, but it's the timing of it. Are you winning right. the important ones? Are you winning the power plays and the, the penalty big points? Kills? Are you yeah. winning the, you know, defensive zone faceoffs? You know, yeah. It's one thing to lose a neutral zone faceoff. Okay, it's fine. But it's it's the timing of it. And when when you're getting they're dominating the overtime faceoffs, that's not good. Right. Because that's, right. It's, 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 it, as we said, overtime's a crapshoot. One one mm-hmm. fluky shot, one bounce, one tip, one bounce. One, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one one whatever it is, you know, it's all it takes. Right. So that puck possession is important. And and right. late late in these two games, the Lightning were not doing well in the faceoff dot. In, in the biggest moments, they have not come up big. In the biggest moments, that they they've fallen down, and what and and faceoffs mm-hmm. are have been a big part of it, giving up goals late, late in regulation, late in the overtime, all of that. So we'll see. Um, not. What the Lightning are used to falling down in a series three one over the last four years now, but this is where they're at. They have veteran players. It's going to test their metal, and they have to go to Toronto, and they don't have to win three games. Mm-hmm. They have to win a game, yeah. um, and and I think they'll approach it that way. And we'll see what John Cooper's you know team is made up. It, it's a shame because boy, did it spoil a great night by Alex Kalorn. That he, guy was the best player on the ice, man. He could have had five goals tonight. I know. He scored two. Yeah. It was good, but he could have had five. And some great saves, man. Right. Uh, there, you know, he, he was just – he was stellar. He he was the, the best player on the ice and um, thought he was going to have a hat trick, really thought they were going to give it to him, uh, especially with a, with a three-goal lead. I said, well, you know, empty netter here somewhere, but wasn't to be. But what's an incredible stat – that we heard during the telecast was that Alex Kalorn had not scored a playoff goal in his previous 29 games, which just seems unfathomable. But uh, damn, you know, damn near was in position to have a hat trick or was in position to have one. So, yeah, you get that from Alex Kalorn. I guess you could say it was due, but he was definitely the best player on the ice. All right, we'll see what the Lightning are able to do when they go to Toronto in a couple of days. Um, meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays, they're not slowing down for anybody. The world champion. Houston Astros came to town and took a beatdown, 8-3. to three. We'll get into that in just one second. But first, I want to tell you how to save money. We all want to do it on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been operating and installing solar electric systems in the area now for 13 years. There's a lot of these companies out there. But I'm telling you, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. How long? Well, they guarantee their workmanship now with a 30-year labor and services warranty Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's for all your appliances. That's what they're calling the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install, and they'll make it specifically for your needs. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys up there installing those solar panels, uh, those are Billy May's guys, and you know exactly who's doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill all year long 
preserve the quality of those appliances. It's 727-819-2862. All right, the records just keep falling for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, they beat the, uh, as we mentioned, world champion Astros 8-3. to They're now 20-3, and and a record fell in that they won their 14th straight game at the Trop. That's the longest home winning streak to start a season in the modern era since 1901. That surpasses the 2009 Dodgers, who had won 13 in a row. Okay, go back to the 1907 Giants. That would be the New York Giants. Well, except, uh, had, so Elias has a correction on that, because we mentioned that yesterday. Oh, do they? Okay. So the Giants forfeited their first home game of the season. They forfeited loss before winning their next 15, 15. at home. So yeah. technically... That they didn't have a streak to start the season, right? Yeah. So, so the Rays, the, the Rays are now the modern record. Mm-hmm. Now you remember these teams: the St. Louis Maroons in '84 had 16 straight. Here we go. The Detroit Wolverines <laughs> of '86 had 18 straight. I like the Wolverines now. And the 1880 Chicago White Stockings had 21 straight games to start a season. So, yeah. Well, may all those players and teams rest in peace. But the Rays are hot. Red hot, mm-hmm. and um, for the first time, this this record dropped for them. Uh, they did not hit a home run for the first time in twenty three games, mm-hmm. so that record stops at twenty two. That's two more than the two thousand nineteen Mariners. Um, they're at least the seventh team in the modern era to start twenty and three. Only the fifty five Dodgers and you remember the nineteen eleven Tigers mm-hmm. were better at twenty one. And two, this is incredible that every game story, every every day, um, you're trotting out teams that you know played 120 something years ago, uh, or 110 years ago, whatever. It, it's it's just insane, mm-hmm. and you know they. Well, how about the, how about this, get, Mark? Tampa Bay's plus 92 run differential, the okay. best the best mark through 23 games in MLB history, or at least since Ever. 1901. They just beat the. 1902 Pittsburgh Pirates, whose run differential was 88 runs. <laughs> I mean, it's so impressive. I believe Hannes it's Wagner just... was on that team, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> Right. It's just so impressive. And it doesn't seem to matter. Like, you know, Todd Bradley about out there again, um, you know, pitching and, and, you know, looking great. And, and how about, was there, is there a better game to highlight what Wander Franco, all the things he can do than the one that he had against the Houston Astros. He gets four hits first and foremost, Mm -hmm. right? But did you see the play he made running with his back to home plate in foul territory, um, twisting around to catch a foul ball? Oh, not with his glove, by the way, with his bare hand. I mean, it's stupid, man. The play that he makes is unreal. He said, I couldn't believe it myself. Um, but, I mean, th- this guy is an MVP candidate, period. I don't know what his batting average will be, but you talk about run production and somebody who can get them going. Mm-hmm. Man, it's him. He had a couple more doubles. He leads the NFL or is tied for the lead. I mean, major NFL, league listen to me. I'm in Major League Baseball. I'm an NFL guy. He leaves the draft coming baseball. up, so you know you got all I that. Know, in it's mind. in my, it's on my head. I'm going to talk to you about uh, Todd Bowles and Devin White here in just a second. But he leaves the MLB um, and is tied for the most doubles with 11. Uh, this this lineup, look, this is no fluke, and I'm, I'm, they're not going to hit the way they've been hitting 
for an entire year. At least I don't think they will. But this lineup is proven now. Um, they are they are deep. Um, they pick each other up. They they jump out on teams, and you know it, it is. I mean, twenty and three, man. You know, I, I think their so lineup is relentless. They just they just they're they're not as big of a name as ever, but they just don't stop. And it's every mm. inning, and it doesn't matter where in the order they're at. Right, they're just, it just giving, turns around. They're giving great mm-hmm. at bats. Yes, and yes. it's feeding they, they, off one another, and and it's just it's it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's what we've been. I mean, we know this team is built on pitching and defense, and has been for ten years now plus. Right. I mean, it's a pitch, and and we've we've clamored for. We just want a consistent lineup. We want we want runs. We want that they're doing it now, and and to the shock of everyone, considering that they openly talked about needing to add bats in the off season, and they didn't. I know, I know. And yet, this is what they this is what they're putting out, and it's fun. It's exciting, and it's the part of Rays baseball that we haven't gotten to enjoy for stretches. I mean, you know, you, yeah, you have games here and there, but. This is 23 mm-hmm. games of wow. Yeah. Well, and they've got some young players that are going to become or are already becoming superstars. And I think I think great teams need that. We talked about Wander Franco. I think Randy Rosarena is there. You know, um, he's getting, he's having mm-hmm. big nights. And they got yeah, Randy Land out. Randy Land, Randy out Land left in field. left field, which is so cool. You know, because it's organic and it's happened and, and it should happen with the posing and the walk off and all that. Um, you know, that's, you know, that, that's, that's been special. I mean, that, that part has, has really been special. Um, I was talking to, uh, and I'm going to drop a name. You want to pick this one up? Uh, Joe Madden. Oh, oh, hold on. Got it. Yeah, it's a big one. I was talking to Joe Ma, who was in town at the Bruce Arians family foundation, uh, golf event out there at Innisbrook in Palm Harbor. And, we got to talking about the Rays, and you know he made it. He made an interesting point, and that is that how many teams in baseball right now can begin to sort of live off their pedigree? I mean, the Rays. We know they can't outspend people and haven't for a very long time. Going back to when Joe was managing here, but they have success years and years of it now and momentum from that success right that they are feeding off of and and there's not many teams that have that right now you know you say well maybe the LA Dodgers I mean certainly the Yankees are always going to be a factor because um, of it being New York and you know but in terms of and, and again the, the Rays have not won a World Series you know and they haven't been to one for several years I think you would say probably the Dodgers have done this the most recently but mm-hmm. but no matter who seems to put on that uniform right no matter who they bring in here there is a there is a lot of success and a history of success of of players coming from other places from really anywhere and when they get here things improve and they have built built on that reputation and have that kind of momentum going for them as an organization because let's be honest, it's great organizations that win in baseball, probably in professional sports too. 
but certainly in baseball. And the Rays have become a great organization. And everyone who comes in here uh, has a buy-in and and seems to perform better. Um, and now something they hadn't had for a while is is young stars, right? Guys that are position players that go out there every day and produce. And as long as they can keep them healthy, and it's such a long season, uh, that certainly has been a factor in the past. But as long as they're running those same guys out there every day, this is not going to change. I mean, will they be 20-3 and three in their next 23 games? Probably not. I don't necessarily see them at 40-6. and six. Um, But there's not a team, not even the world champion Houston Astros with their payroll and all the players they have, that can roll into here and and kind of slow down this buzzsaw. Of, and, and, it, and the funny thing is, and it's not too funny if you're in the American League, they're going to get guys back. They're going to get big-time pitching back, you know. Um, well, and Jose Siri should be back tonight. Jose Series, yeah. I mean, that's huge for them. Another plus outfielder who, you know, was off to a great start swinging the bat as well, everyday center fielder. And I, I still maintain that the rule changes um, have actually benefited them in, in the sense that they have an athletic ball club that mm-hmm. defensively can hold up, but offensively is, is thriving, thriving by that. I can't tell you how many balls that have been hit through the infield, Steve, that I went, that's an out. That would be an out. That would be yep. an out. Not that they weren't hit hard, but just where they were hit and where you know that that shift would have been played, you know. So good on them, man. They are, they are the story in baseball, and they continue to be. 20-3 and three in Major League Baseball to start a season, 14 games in a row at home at the Trop. I mean, it's insane what they've done. And they're, they're feeding off of it. They're going to ride this wave as long as they can. But I was kind of curious how they would respond to a world champion like the Astros. And they took it to them. And um, that's really all you need to say. They, they, they're a terrific team. And, and hopefully people continue to go out and watch them. They've been, they had good crowds again over the weekend. Um, they certainly deserve the support. And there's no one that's not talking about the Rays in baseball. And Joe, Joe, by the way, is thrilled for them. Obviously, he's got deep ties to the Tampa area and, and to the Rays in particular. Um, but it was good to see him. And, uh, you know, I'll just tell you that, you know, Bruce Arians has had this family foundation event out there for a number of years. Of course, they'll never match the amount of money they raised. It was insane uh, what they raised the year after the Super Bowl. That was the first time that we had all kind of been in the room together. It was after, you know, that 2020 season, the magical season, and we had done pretty much everything by Zoom and social distancing and all of that. Um, and I remember Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski walking in for the first time. We got a chance to actually meet them or see them in person on the red carpet. Um, and so, you know, they, they they had a real successful year, but they continue to go back to Innisbrook, uh, make a lot of money for the CASA program, the, um, you know, the program that uh, Bruce Arians and his wife uh, are, you know, started in Phoenix and, and brought it here to Tampa, which has responded to them. So it's a great event. Uh, there were a lot of people out there, including Todd Bowles. And we got to talk to Todd Bowles for the first time since the whole Devin White, I want to be traded sort of declaration. And Bowles has been probably his biggest defender. I mean, 
you know, when all that stuff was happening a year ago with the loaf against the Ravens and, you know, this and that, um, Bull said emphatically that he's always on any given night, any given game, one of our two best players. The second player might rotate, but he's always one of the two best. And that he'd been making plays that some linebackers haven't made in 30 years. High praise for Devin White and probably something that the agent is quoting back to them now. Um, but with respect to, to White and with this draft coming up, the big question is, will the Bucks try to improve their draft status? And they've got a player in Devin White who doesn't want to be here. He wants to be traded. So are we going to go into this draft these three days and see Devin White traded? The answer that I got was emphatically no. No, you will not see him be traded during the draft. They have no intentions of trading him at the deadline in October. Um, and they're not saying anything bad about Devin. Uh, they're kind of giving him his space. In fact, you know, Todd Bowles even said that, you know, look, it's not a problem now because what they're into is the voluntary, you know, off-season workout program. And so he says, you know, we've discussed it. We're not trading them. We'll go from there. Um, nothing like nothing counts right now, but we expect them to be there when the season starts. So, you know, we were asked kind of like, well, you know, we've got a lot of things, including the mandatory minicamp uh, and training camp. What if he holds out of those? And he didn't want to speculate on that. But he just said, look, we're going to coach the guys that are here. There's a bunch, you know, I guess they got over 90% participation in the offseason program, which is voluntary. And he's just like, you know, things don't stand anywhere. It's your off season. Everything's voluntary. There's nothing to talk about. Once you go into the mandatory and the season starts, you, you know, that's that's when it'll get real. And Bruce Arians weighed in a little bit. Um, and his position is kind of what the organization's is and what they've been telling Devin White's agent, which is, hey, come back in, play well again, you'll get your money. You know, that that's the way the system works. You're a first-round pick. There's a fifth-year club option, which they exercise. You get a fairly substantial raise. You're going to make $11.7 million, which is not something to sneeze at. Um, but it's not the $20 million over five years that he probably wants. And I'm just here to tell you that the Bucks aren't going to guarantee $67 million, $70 million to somebody that, quite frankly, they'd like to see him become a more consistent player. And he led him in tackles again last year, and he had five and a half sacks. He's done some great things, but he's also had those moments where, you know, he's he's disappeared. And, you know, they they need to see the Devin White that can make the Pro Bowl. And if he does, I think they'll be happy to pay him. But that's the system. The system is that if you're a first-round pick, it's a club option for the fifth year. Um, yes, teams do sign a lot of their players before they get to that fifth-year option to long-term deals. And Devin's upset he's not getting it, but he doesn't have leverage here. Um, they're going to have to wait him out. And I think that's their strategy, you know, trying to keep the lines of communication open, um, tell them how much they, they appreciate him, how much they love him, but then also making them understand that, yeah, you, you know, if, if you're going to play at all, it's going to be here. And to the point where I, I thought it was a little surprising with all that's been out there that teams are not calling about Devin White. Now, maybe that will change on draft day. I don't think it will, and I don't think the Buck stance is going to change. And they could change, you know, if, if he were to hold out and just, you know, take the loss and money and salary and all of that, you're going to get to another trade deadline in October. So maybe it changes there. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, tomorrow we'll talk more about the Rays and the Lightning, obviously, but uh, we're also going to have a chance, uh, and you want to tune in for this, to talk to Trent Cooper. Remember, he's the one that uh, works for NFL 360. We've talked to him before about the piece they did on the Ukrainian football players. He's got one coming out about Cindy, Sydney and Chase Browns, uh, Brown. They're twins. They went to the University of Illinois, uh, grew up in extreme poverty in Canada, uh, went to St. Stephen's Episcopal uh, in Bradenton and moved in with a host family. It's a terrific story, and they both visited the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as part of their pre-draft visit. So that would be something if, if both of them or one of them ended up here. But we'll talk to Trent Cooper of NFL 360. They got nominated, by the way, for 10 Emmys, including three uh, for that piece with Kyle Brandt on the Ukrainian uh, football players. So tune in for that, and we'll get Ed Encina later this week to uh, preview the Lightning's game in Toronto as they try to survive uh, being down 3-1 to one now in the best-of-seven uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoff first-round series. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.